0: This episode has got a bit of a double-edged sword to it or maybe a two-prong approach. So in this, we're going to talk all about how do you go about setting up your own agency based off work that you just love doing? And also the good things and the bad things that you need to take into account if you're going to do that, no matter what industry you're in. And then we go into a really cool epic story. If you've ever wanted to start your own YouTube channel, build a platform from scratch and turn it into something amazing, you are going to love this beautiful down to earth story with my guest today. So if either of those things work for you, this is just a really great conversation on how you can start things from scratch and see amazing growth when you're really clear on what you want to do, but also just willing to create an experiment. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Andrew Hubbard is the founder of Hubbard Digital, a leading digital marketing and education company that specializes in Facebook and Instagram ads for online businesses. He works with companies around the world to help them generate more revenue from their Facebook and Instagram advertising campaigns, particularly online course creators and coaches. He's also the co-founder of Brightest Beginning, a company focused on helping making parenting easier and providing new parents with the information and tools they need to give their little ones the best start to life. In this episode, we talk about how Andrew basically his background and how he built an agency from scratch and all the mistakes that he made around it, eventually moving into selling it and morphing into just a totally different style of business that he loved. So, the hard decisions he had to make there, but also the great learning lessons. Then we move into how he's helping his wife Emma build out a YouTube channel from scratch and an entire business that has been created from that. And we just talk about the aspects of when you think you're going to be in a career for a long time, how you can actually totally change that with a new perspective and tapping into the online world of both marketing and business, just to see what's possible. So we get down into the nitty gritty of when the channel started, um, when they started adding their email list, subscriber growth, when they started making money through advertising, and all the things that they now have on the go that has just turned this from a simple at-home kind of hobby into a real business that is allowing them to have the freedom lifestyle that they want i think it's pretty inspiring we get really transparent so i look forward to sharing this with you let's go andrew have welcome to the untapped podcast so great to have you here
1: thanks so much natalie i'm excited to be here
0: i'm excited to be here too and we're going to kick it off by asking you how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you
1: yeah so i am a facebook ad strategist or facebook ad manager And so the way that I do that is I work with businesses, small businesses, particularly that we partner up with, and I run their Facebook ads and then I get a little cut of that. So essentially what I do is I help those businesses grow by using paid traffic and in return, you know, based on our performance, then I get a little cut of the revenue that comes from that.
0: Nice. I think you're a little too humble on that because you built a pretty awesome agency, Hubbard Digital, and I think you've also worked out a really cool way of working with partners that I think you morphed to and transformed to over the years which yeah. I'd love you to speak to and the reason I know this is because Andrew and I in a really cool mastermind have been for several months and it's been a real pleasure to get to know you and see you in action and you're always hit up for all the Facebook ads questions of course which I feel for you for but we all have different skills and which complement each other and it's just been really yeah. neat to see the direction you've been taking, which we'll come to in this podcast. But yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about yeah. how long you've had the agency and how you started morphing into a slightly different, more, I guess, beneficial relationship building business?
1: Yeah. So I've had the agency since 20, I'm gonna say 2015. So that's when I first got started. And I just started working with a few clients. And that was through kind of outreach that I got those first couple of clients and basically just outreaching. And I what I did was I offered people, uh, I looked at their website and I could see if this thing called the Facebook pixel was installed. So Mm -hmm. I could look and say, and if somebody didn't have it, then I would email them and say, Hey, I noticed you've got this great business, but you haven't got the Facebook pixel installed, which tells me you're probably either not thinking about Facebook ads yet, or if you are, you haven't started preparing um, and just said, would you like me to set that up for you? Happy to do it for free, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was Smart. kind of my outreach method. Yeah, it yeah. worked really well. Yeah,
0: it um, did. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just it was just a good conversation starter. Like I would literally yeah. go in and install a pixel, and people would say, So, what else do you do with this stuff? You know, how does it work? Tell us about it. And that would initiate a really good conversation, and that would lead to, you know, client relationships forming. Um, so did that, um, got a few really good case studies, posted those case studies online, and then things just kind of took off, uh, which led to me eventually turning that into an agency because there just mm-hmm. was too much work for me to do by myself. Most of the business then ended up coming from word of mouth referrals, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Makes it very easy when you don't have to be out there every day, prospecting yeah. when you're just getting referrals. Um, so I grew the agency and the agency, oh man, so many mistakes along the way. So many <laughs> lessons along the way, <laughs> but it it grew really quickly. We ended up having myself plus four full-time team members, all of which I hired at once. So to give you an idea of like how this looked, it was me and a couple of contractors. And then all of a sudden it was four full-time employees starting at the same time. Oh, you
0: took them on as full-time employees
1: too. Took them on as full-time.
0: And were they based around the world or in Australia with you or?
1: All around the world. So we had US, Spain, and then one was he was a digital nomad and he was in, uh, Europe at the time. So hmm. yeah, it was kind of all spread out. And then obviously myself in Australia.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So what you mentioned about some of the mistakes, what were some of the mistakes that you made? Cause that is, that is pretty quick damn growth. Yeah. And I imagine there was all sorts of things you had to do with like pricing and which clients and all those, as well as yeah. just your training methods and how they worked.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so pricing was one. So, Started out pricing way too low. And the funny thing was, I just went, I'm not sure where I got this idea from, but I just got to a point where I was like, I'm going to double my prices. Next time somebody comes in, I'm going to double the rates.
0: Nice.
1: I that. And they were like, okay, send us the contract and we'll, oh, that was easy. So the next time I said, I'm just going to keep doing this. So the next time somebody came through, I said, I'm, yeah, double the rates again. And they're like, sure. <laughs> and then I did it again and I was like okay this is good now I'm going to stop here but so I did that 3 times in a row nobody blinked which just showed me how much I was undercharging to start with so pricing wasn't was a mistake
0: yeah especially because 2015 is when you started like facebook ads was just easier back then I feel like I had really really good results yeah. with ads at that time and it was exploding versus now I just know it's so different so I can imagine yeah. that people were just paying the big bucks out of curiosity just for people listening because I'm really glad you shared that story I think so many people start out undercharging were you just not taking into account the amount of time it was taking to run these ads the amount of effort from you the amount of kind of communication and admin and all the things that come with it
1: mm. yeah yeah I think it was that was a big component. I wasn't factoring in the time it was taking me personally to do all of those things, but I also wasn't factoring in the value that it was delivering to their business. Mm. Like when you're saying, Hey, we spent, you know, 10K on ads this month and those ads generated 30 or $40,000 in sales. And then you're sending a tiny little invoice for that. They're like, We're more than happy to pay this Mm. because of the value that you're generating, (laughs) both from a monetary perspective. And just making it super easy to work with us. Like I I just made it as easy as possible for the client, get the best possible results. So yeah, I think it was both. I think it was, I I didn't factor in what it took in terms of time and I didn't factor in the real value that we were delivering.
0: Yeah, really, really good to note that. So fast forward to this team. So pricing was one of the things. What else happened? Just because I'm I'm really curious for people who are keen to start an agency or scale up and bring people on. There's always so many growth factors that you sort of have to learn on the job so oh, many.
1: <laughs> and and I actually wrote like a bit of a a manifesto on like the mistakes and the lessons that I took from that after ah, you know, you. we'll get to the story but I just went back and sort of wrote it all down because I think it's good to always reflect on that sort of those mistakes mm-hmm. and lessons and things but the other big one and I think the biggest one was a lack of processes and training and all of that kind of thing like it grew so fast and I wasn't expecting it and so all of my time was spent doing the things and it was all in my head, but none of it was written down. Mm-hmm. And so I brought on a team and I'm training this team, but all of that training was my time. You know, I was literally on meetings all day because I was just training, 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 and there was nothing to sort of fall back on in terms of process documents, procedures. And so we were building those on the fly as well. So it was like talk about drinking from a fire hose for these poor people, right? <laughs> it was like coming in, trying to learn, and then at the same time, going, oh, can you document this? Uh, You know, document these procedures as you go through. So that was definitely like a huge mistake. If I'd have gone back and when things weren't as busy, just really made a conscious effort of documenting everything of turning everything into processes and procedures, it would have been much, much smoother without a doubt.
0: Yeah, that's a really valid point. I mean, I think some of that doing it as you grow with people is really smart. Like I get my team to document any improvements they're making in processes and things. I don't think it should always land on you, but I do really appreciate what you're saying there. I always remember reading Sam Carpenter's book, Work the System, and he did a similar thing where he was just had zero processes, zero operational guidelines, no standard operating procedures. And that saved him in the end when he created them all and he had to get his team to do them. Like he almost lost everything, I think. And then he went back and took it back to the basics. So I totally hear you, especially, I guess, in what you do, where there is a method and a way of working with the client and the setup and the process and then what you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I I, I definitely agree with you there on getting team to do it. I feel like my mistake, though, was just not having the baseline things. Like it's okay Mm. I think once things are working smoothly and you add something new to the business, going to that team member, Hey, we're doing this new now. Can you like figure that out and document it as you go? And, you know, let's, let's add it as an SOP. I think my mistake there was just having zero and going, (laughs) let's go. This is going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh. That must've been madness. And what else? um, Yeah. What else was one of the critical kind of, I don't know, errors or big mistakes as you talked about or biggest learning lessons.
1: Yeah, biggest learning lessons, and I think with any agency, it's a client, uh, like the quality of client matters mm-hmm. a lot. And so when, when you're in growth mode, and as soon as you start to hire a lot of full-time employees, then there's a real weight of responsibility that comes with that. Like, okay, now we're responsible for, for you know, putting food on the table for these families, essentially. And you don't want to let them down. So it's like, we need to keep bringing in revenue. We need to keep, you know, this business needs to keep growing so we can now support these people. I think as part of that, we take on clients or we took on clients that probably weren't a great fit because it was like, well, you know, this is part of the growth. Let's take on whoever we can. And that was a mistake like that. It causes extra stress on all of the team members when we've got clients who aren't a great fit. And it makes things very difficult in terms of the amount of time and effort and work that it takes to maintain a client that's not a great fit versus Mm. one that is a great fit. I mean, the difference there is huge. And so you end up getting less revenue and taking more time and effort and stress on a client that's not a great fit versus just filtering out and keeping those ones that are a great fit. So that was a big, big thing for us as well So we learned. (laughs) Eventually. Were
0: you um clear on who you worked best with up until that point or again had it not really been ever specifically written down like these are my red carpet clients and this niche doing this kind of work with this kind of budget?
1: I was always very clear on that. The one thing that kind of changed or that we that slipped through the cracks I guess we'll say was <laughs> we started bringing clients who were newer in terms of so we always worked with online course creators and coaches so people with online businesses Um, but we started bringing in people who were working with newer products or newer sales funnels Mm -hmm. and that's where things are where a significant amount of risk comes into play so it was like okay we're still taking just online course creators and coaches but now we'd sort of lowered that bar in terms of Are things established? Have you already got existing sales? Can we amplify that then with ads? It was more just, okay, yep, you've got this course. You want to sell it? Let's do it. Which, Mm. you know, I mean, you've sold enough of that type of thing to know that it doesn't always work first go around.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, it can, but yeah, that's really good, I think, to note that because I'm sure that is something that a lot of us do. I mean, hand on heart, I've done that as well. Like there's times where you're like, I just want to grow the revenue, get the business going. And you typically you attract your best clients through your messaging, your marketing, um, your podcast, your content, you know, like you're pretty clear on who it is. But every so often you take on people just because and then you're like, oh, really shouldn't have done that. You know, that's not a great experience mm-hmm. for them probably either. Or they become, as yeah. you said, a real drain on your resources, your time, your energy and less profitable because they're just, well, if I'm being really honest, they're a pain in the ass or they're not ready and you deserve better than that. I don't know. It's It's such an interesting one that I really want people to tune into here because there will be times of growth where you really need to stay true to the clients that you know you can get the best results for and are a pleasure to work with, even if you're, Needing that extra revenue, I always think it's just not worth it. It's easy to say, but it's it's honestly not worth it because it can be so hard to fire a client sometimes, or to go back and sort of, yeah, release them from the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, you hundred percent, and that's eventually what we ended up doing. Like we ended up just saying, look, you know, it's been great, um, but unfortunately, like we're you know changing directions a little bit. This is the type of client we're kind of you know um, only going to service from this point on, and you know, unfortunately.
0: Um you didn't make you the cut. <laughs> make
1: the cut. It feels like um, dating sometimes. It's a it bit does. hard. I
0: <laughs> and so what was that shift that you made in the business? Because I yeah. found this really interesting when we first met and started talking. And I thought, oh, that's yeah. a a brilliant idea. I know some other agencies do it, but what did you actually shift to doing?
1: Yeah. So without boring you with all the details, I mean, eventually it got to a point where the agency model, like I loved working one-to-one with clients, right? And I would really become sort of heavily invested in that business as well. Like, you know, in in terms of the performance of the ads and everything, and I really just cared about it. And it got to a point where, you know, with the agency and sort of having to step back a little bit, it was really stressful. Like it, it, it was a really stressful business model. And although we grew quickly, it just became something that I realized, I don't love this I don't love this big agency business model. We weren't a big agency. I shouldn't say that. Small agency business model. Uh, But I liked being involved. I liked working directly with the client and sort of helping them and and really like doing everything we could to grow that business. I didn't like the sort of agency model and it became really stressful. And eventually I just realized I'm totally burnt out. It got like everything in my life was just work. And it was Mm -hmm. like, I was never present You know, with the family, I was always, my head was always off somewhere else. And I just realized I, something's got to change or it's all going to fall down anyway, because I just can't sustain this. So like, yes, the agency grew quickly and our margins were fantastic, right? Like 40% margins in an agency, which is amazing. Yeah, that is but the secret to that. Like, everyone's like, what's the secret? Well, the secret is working an amount that's just not sustainable. <laughs> it's like, I was just doing more than I ever should have or could. And so it was eventually, you know, just going to to collapse. And so, yeah, eventually I thought, look, I need to get out of this. And I was working with a coach at the time and she, she said, well, look, you don't have to just sort of wind it all up. We could talk to people and, and see if we could offload that part. So we did that and found somebody who could who wanted to take on the agency side and the the team and everything. So we did that. And then I moved to a model, which is what you were hinting at. I thought about like, what are the next steps here? Like, what do I really enjoy? Because it was like, I, I'm i very much about experiencing all different types of jobs and things and just trying whatever. So it was a great experience because I figured out what I like, what I don't like. And I thought, well, I'm just going to cherry pick. What is it that I liked? And I liked working directly with clients and I like just seeing the results. So this kind of came out of a, a random uh, thing. I did a chat with a mastermind. So I presented to a mastermind group, different one to the one we were talking about earlier. And what,
0: you're o- cheating on us?
1: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was you know, brought in to present to this group on yes. Facebook ads. And afterwards, the owner said to me, look, I know you've got a course because I have a course on Facebook ads. I've got a coaching program. I'd love to teach them Facebook ads. Would you consider licensing the course to every one of our coaching clients and just doing maybe a monthly coaching call or something with them. And we pay you a fee per license. So every time we get a coaching client, you get a, a fee, a licensing fee. And I was like, huh, I've never thought of that, but that is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we had started that conversation and then I thought, well, who else do have I worked with or do I work with that has a similar coaching program that I think would be a good fit had a chat with them about it and that kind of became the new business model was licensing out the licensing out the course and doing sort of you know coaching setups once a month for those higher ticket coaching programs which has been fantastic yeah
0: yeah really cool so you do both so they get access to your course for licensing fee and you sometimes come in to do the coaching whether it's once a month or just kind of like be there to support
1: yeah, be there to support, you know, like in the Slack groups or whatever, most of them have got a Slack community and things like that, so jumping in there as well. Yeah,
0: Yeah. awesome, yep. very cool. And
1: then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's made a huge difference because less stress, you're only working with a cherry-picking handful of people that you love.
1: Huge difference, so now I have that and then I still work with one client slash partner. I'm a, sort of a revenue basis, so works yeah. really well. Far less stressful, I'm just doing what I enjoy doing, I'm just working with people who are fantastic and I love working with. So yeah, it's it's been a, a really good change. And nothing against nice. the agency model, I will say. It just figured out it wasn't something that I love doing. So yeah, yeah.
0: It's cool. And is your agency still running and you still take a drawing from it? Or is it sort of been completely
1: outsourced and sold? Completely outsourced and sold, like completely, oh, awesome. completely gone. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was just something I think I had to made that, make that cut. You know, I think if I was still was still running and I was taking a drawing from it, I would still be dragged in on the day-to-day, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, congrats on doing that because I know that's really hard, especially when you've built something. But it sounds like in your case, you realise it wasn't the model for you. It was a valuable asset. You could sell it, and that's a really beautiful thing to have as well. And then to find the model that worked for you and just work with those people that you like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gave me room to explore and find what I like and go after that, which is great.
0: Very cool. More time with family, et cetera, and your kids. And then that brings us to what we want to focus on now, which is really exciting, is you've kind of used all these amazing skills. In fact, we were talking about it the other day in the mastermind that both you and your wife have such complementary skills. And you're kind of like the marketing ads guru behind it, and she's educating out front. And it's like the perfect team. You're so lucky to have built this business and it's kind of going amazingly quick. So first off, do you want to share what this is and how it started?
1: Yeah. So my wife is an occupational therapist. So she's been an OT for, I mean, you know, her whole career. So 10 plus years, Um, fantastic at what she does. And I'd been sort of hinting at her for a long time. Oh, you should like, Start a YouTube channel or do something. We're talking years, right? Just sort of saying, you know, dropping little things. Uh, And she was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, eventually, so it was July last year, July 2020. She decided, you know what, I'm going to give this YouTube thing a try, see how it goes. I think she kind of had realized the potential of, you know, this online world and online business just from seeing what I'd been doing over the years. And so she thought, I'm going to try this in July. So, yeah, we started creating YouTube videos. Like Emma creates all the content. She does basically everything. And then I just help with things like titles and headlines and, you know, keywords and stuff like that. And just publishing content around like for new parents. So for childhood development, um, specifically targeted towards parents of 0 to 12-month-old children. And it's all very, like, we kind of picked the approach we wanted to take, which is very much a, you know, research-backed approach of, you know, this is kind of the sort of best practice of how we do X, Y, and Z. And yeah, so that launched in July, 2020. So we're just on a year, which is yeah. kind of crazy. And we've just ticked over 57,000 subscribers. I
0: think. Wow, so that is amazing. Wild
1: journey, yeah. Yeah,
0: it has. And what I love is that, You know, Emma does that in her, well, I wouldn't say spare time around your kids and is doing what she's done best. And I think she's realized there's a whole career here. So rather than going down that occupational therapist career, always just doing the one-on-one work and working in the healthcare industry, she's now created herself a platform from which she can educate and inspire tens of thousands or more. And it's a whole business, which is crazy.
1: I think it's been so eye-opening for her. I mean, she said to me, not long ago, you know, I thought you know, being an OT, I would never earn more than 120,000 or whatever. And that's at upper, upper level management. Like I thought, you know, I'd be in my forties or fifties and there's very few positions and, you know, that would be my cap. And she's like, I just, I just can't believe, <laughs> you know, what, what the sort of potential is and, and what the possibilities are. And when she talks to her, when she talks to her, colleagues you know and says oh you know i'm doing this youtube thing and they all sort of go oh is that just to get your name out there and then you'll get some (laughs) local clients and become a private ot here in you know where we live and she's like no 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 (laughs) No, no, no." and every like you know it's always a funny conversation she says you know she tries to explain and they come just like oh okay yep yeah, and no one really gets it nobody gets it no no one really gets it um which i think was you know her perspective when when i was first saying do youtube she's like oh, you know I don't, I don't want to be a private occupational therapist like why would i do youtube and she told a friend uh, yesterday what was sort of happening in terms of you know because rev- we're generating yeah. revenue from the channel through ads yeah and um the same reaction she was like what you <laughs> you can make money with youtube like they, I thought." like it's just where kids posted videos i think that's the thing you know these people really smart people go into careers and they kind of just think well this is the career path and Mm -hmm. they never get exposed to what's outside of that sort of um that world or that particular traditional career path and um it's it's awesome when they see what's outside there
0: and i don't think it's for everybody but in my mind it always has been like i think if you have something to teach and you have the skills and experience and you're good at it there's no limits if you are willing to become kind of, I don't I use the word influencer sparingly, but you know, mm-hmm. somebody who creates a platform of education around them and what they're teaching. And so obviously you st- I'd love to just walk through what you started with. So it was just a channel, okay. how often she was posting, and yes. just then kind of all the things you've introduced, because I know you've had massive email list growth, you've got a course. I mean, it's so exciting, but I'd love to sort of know the timeline for people so they can start to get a sense. And I I appreciate yours as maybe, you know, unparalleled growth, but these are examples of people who are doing it and it's happening right now. So I'd just be really excited to know.
1: For sure. So it's always been one video a week. So we started, like I said, July, 2020, and it's always been one video a week. Basically, Emma will pick a topic, script the videos. At the start, it was heavily based on keyword research. So Emma went through a course, like I just said, here, go through this course. Uh, It'll teach you how to sort of do the initial keyword research for YouTube videos and stuff. And she just ran with it, did an amazing job. And just picking keywords, doing a video on that topic, and then, you know, it would be edited that week. And because I had the agency, I already had video editors that I worked with. So I think we edited the first one or two. And then I was like, no, let's just outsource this to the video editors that we've got and getting that out there. So once a week. So to give you a perspective though, and this was like, I remember the first video, we we're talking about this last night, actually, I don't remember why, but the first video and Emma was fussing over it. And I just said, you could spend another 12 hours on this. It's going to suck.
0: Like it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you, she was like, yeah, I remember you telling me it was going to suck. And you are right. But yeah, like, and yeah, cause I was like, it's your first video. You're going to do hundreds of videos if you stick with this. Like this is number one. The important thing is we get it out there, we practice, you just you know keep doing these videos. So yeah, published it. And I mean, this process of a weekly video and just sort of looking at how to improve it every week mm-hmm. went on until November before we started getting any traction. Like we're wow. talking maybe we got one or two views a day up right. until November. So July to November, so that's like four months. Then we started getting maybe 10 or 20 views a day. And it wasn't really until January 5th, 2021. So what's that? Seven months-ish of -hmm. just posting every week that it really started to take off and get, you know, a couple hundred views a day, a few hundred Mm -hmm. views a day. I think that's a big thing that people don't realize is like you have to just keep going for a long time with this stuff. In that seven months, it would have been really easy to quit. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Show up, be consistent. How much time was it taking yourself and him
1: approximately per week? Mm It was probably taking Emma five to six hours a week to do each video. Like by the time she prepped it and recorded it, for me, you know, okay. thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah, um, just helping out with that. Yeah,
0: that yeah. really puts into perspective because I'm I'm such a fan of quick videos. You know, I'll just sit at the camera here, sit in the couch, do it. But I yeah. don't. Keyword research, I don't know, scripted, I just talk about topics that I like. And it's yeah, it's interesting because on the ones that I did used to take a lot of care and attention for, not saying that they're not good, but you know the ones that I was like, really thought about the topic, all the talking points that I wanted, those ones performed really, really well. Yeah, and it, it just puts it into perspective. Five to six hours isn't that much, especially where you've got to now. But I can imagine after seven months of investing that, and not seeing a heap of return at that point, apart from a little bit of growth. That is, it's all about consistency and sticking with it. At what point did your sort of subscriber rate go up to? So in November, can you remember what it was? And then January?
1: Yeah. So one of the things, yeah, just for the listener, one of the things we did at the start was I just said, look, we create a free opt-in, so a lead Mm -hmm. magnet which in our case was a PDF. So Emma created this PDF, which is a 12-month milestone. So a um, chart with all of the milestones to expect in the first 12 months. And in every video, Emma will mention that. Just, hey, don't forget, if you haven't grabbed it, download the the PDF. And we put a link to that in the description. So that's kind of our lead gen um, strategy. So that directly sort of correlates with those views. So we were getting barely anything until November. Then we're getting like, sort of two or three opt-ins a day right up until so if we look at january we started getting you know 20 to 30 we had a, a bit Ooh, of a nice. spike in view so again 20 to 30 it dropped back down to like 10 a day and then in march it really picked up we started getting hundreds a day like we're talking 150 to 200 a day amazing. and that's grown steadily from march till now and we're consistently getting sort of 300 plus a that's day amazing. so which is yeah absolutely mind-blowing to me as well but yeah Yeah. it was that that was the important piece though if every video over time didn't have a link to that that lead magnet then we wouldn't be seeing that growth like if we kind of went oh let's do all these videos wow we're getting views now in future videos let's start mentioning a pdf it wouldn't have been the same because a lot of those older videos get a lot of views from traffic and things like that so it's it's definitely a a good early move to make
0: hundred percent glad that you said that actually and do you link it in the description but also on the video so people can click on the video and you have like a little image coming up saying grab this pdf
1: we don't and the reason is we don't really want people to leave midway through a video so it's Mm -hmm. sort of we're just thinking about view time yeah so i don't really want people to click on a link and
0: yeah on on
1: the video itself yeah
0: I've been watching a great channel for quite a while. Jess's pregnancy and postpartum yoga and Pilates. I do something every single day almost at the time of this recording and probably after, but at the end of every video, she says, also, if you want, you can grab, and there's such great resources, you know, like one's around healthy eating when you're pregnant. The other one is around how to have a painless labor or, you know, as pain-free as possible. And then there's one more, which is kind of like manifestations and affirmations for a healthy baby. So they're all completely on point. And she just says, you know, They come up on screen and they look really good. And she's like, click here or just click below for them. And uh, it's every single time, every single video. And it's great. So she must be doing really well too. Um, But I love that you said that. It's having something upfront as a plan, even if you don't know what that is. Because if I look Mm -hmm. back on a lot of my videos, I would have a separate thing for each video. Or I sometimes would just link back to a blog post or a podcast. And sometimes it was an offer, but there was never anything consistent, which shows that there probably wasn't a great plan around it. Yeah, Yeah, on my website, there's always been something super consistent, right, that morphs and changes with time in my audience. So I love that you did that and that you're getting like 300 a day. And that is really the beauty and power of the YouTube algorithm, right? So it's taken a while, but now it's starting to get traction and you're coming up probably in the recommended videos list and in the search.
1: Yep. It's all about, so it's moved from search to Mm -hmm. now it's all about browse features. So getting Mm. suggested on the homepage by YouTube, it's about 70% of the views. So now instead of creating videos for search, we just create videos based for people. So it's like, you know, what would these new mums and dads want? And just creating that and creating things that we know people will want to click on. So it's, it's really, it's interesting how that's shifted. You know, at first when YouTube's not going to suggest you because you're, you're a new channel, we went for search. And then now we've kind of yeah. really shifted that. But the thing that I love the most now is our conversations are around like what's the lifestyle that we want mm-hmm. and then how do we build this to work with that lifestyle mm-hmm. versus when I built the agency, it was like, how do I just build this thing as much as, you know, as quickly and as much as I can, where this is like, we, you know, how like we sit down and we go, how many hours a week do you want to work? Okay, cool. How many hours a week do you want to work? Great. You know what kind of stuff do you want to be doing in terms of months? Do you want to do you want to be, you know, doing weekly calls with a membership group, or would you rather not? Or you know, we're we're just the fun. Mm. It's so fun to just sit down and go, okay, we've got this foundation through the content, and we've got this audience, and now we can choose how we shape the rest of the business to create that sort of lifestyle that yeah. we want. Because we've got young kids and they're at school, and you know, so it's like, you know, Emma's like, well, it would be great to sort of just work within school hours. So nine till three, but I want to go to the gym. So it's like, okay, so we'll take an hour out there. It's like, you know, then half an hour for lunch and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so four and a half hours per day, let's figure out what we need to do to make that happen and then build from there, which is It's amazing.
0: It's a beautiful thing. It's your freedom plan. You're growing it. That's Um, it. (laughs) And is she still working as an OT or has this become the bomb.com as my copywriter. Still work. She is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see when she wants to give that up and just Mm. fully embrace this. So I'd love to talk through if you're cool with it. Just so from the get go, there was probably no revenue for quite a while. When did you get your first ad revenue? Because that's always like I make, I think I make a whopping 150 US a month because I don't do videos anymore or at this point. But I know for you, that's actually become pretty lucrative now. But when did it start? Because it seems so small, doesn't it? When you first start.
1: Yeah. So I can tell you exactly when our first ad revenue got switched on. It was January 20, 2021. So, ah. so we started in July. So it took, you know, seven months mm-hmm. to get monetized. And then so yes, you have to so have a thousand
0: t- subscribers, is that correct? Before you, you can turn it on? You've got to have a thousand
1: subscribers and yep. you've got to have I think it's oh. four hundred thousand minutes, hours, four hundred thousand hours of watch time as well. So
0: yeah. Yep, that's right. It has to be watch time as well. So people are actually engaging. Yeah. You haven't just bought
1: subscribers. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: people are gonna be watching. So yep. and it's always like you tend to hit the subscriber number first, and then the watch time sort of follows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So on that first day we made ten dollars and ninety-three cents.
0: Whoa, did you go for coffee?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know what we did. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably working. We we're probably both yeah. working. It's probably like, oh, you made ten bucks. And Emma would have gone, nice. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's
0: cool. Uh that's US dollars, right?
1: That's US dollars, yeah. yeah
0: cool. Yeah. And so then what if you don't mind sharing some of the stats and yeah, be as transparent as you wish, but I'm just curious if people
1: to hear. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to share. Like from there till till I'm just saying here till first of March, it was like between five and ten dollars US a day. Like mm-hmm. it was it was nothing. Yeah. Um, and then mid March, so that's when things we just had a video that takes off. So I don't know the the algorithm just decides all of a sudden it's going to feature one of your videos, right? And mm-hmm. we had this video on tummy time just took off. So March 10th, we started, you know, just jumped to $87 um, nice. a day. A
0: so, day.
1: Wow, this is great. Yeah, per day. And then kind of floated down around, you know, between 50 and $80 a day. Picked back up in April again. It's, it's very much, this is, so I was prepared for this because I've seen it before. Emma, you know, sort of wasn't. So she didn't know what to expect. So, you know, things, it's very much an up and down cycle. So, you know, April 5th, we're making $40 a day, for example. So it kind of cycled down going to pick back up we've got back up to 90 plus dollars a day cycles down again and then kind of kept doing that but always on an uptrend where now we're at a point where we're sort of 150 dollars a day plus nice um, in revenue that's
0: awesome so So sort of three to four sort of came up from that and then you've got this list that grew from a couple of subscribers a day to 10 to 20 to 300 now so you're growing a massive list which is exciting and then you can't discount the value of each subscriber which is exciting and then um man I'd love for a list like that again to be to be built that easily um those are the days and they could be the days again if I decide to go down this route uh but then the other thing is you have a course that I think is at the time of this recording is super new right and actually one that I want to sign up for
1: super new Yeah, yeah yeah I know I've got to get you access to that um yeah, so super new. We So what we did was we got the email list to about, I think we were about 17,000 when we mm-hmm. sent this out. And I said to Emma, look, the best way to do this, because we're talking about a course, the best way to do this is we survey the audience and we just find out what they want. So we put together a quick survey in type form, sent that out, got some really fantastic uh, responses. We got hundreds of, of responses to that. And you know we just went through, exported it to Excel spreadsheets and you know lots of nerdy stuff like that. And just figured out like clear patterns. There were clear patterns that people were asking for, which was fantastic. And it was just jam-packed with really, really good stuff, like basically telling us exactly what to create. So, yeah, that In first their own course, words too,
0: right? In so their then own you can words. use that on the sales page and the emails and it's just like you're talking to them.
1: It's a copywriting like cheat sheet. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they've yeah. basically written the copy, which is it's fantastic. Yeah, so that first course came around from that which we've yeah, just released, I think it was like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so still doing lots of experimenting with that. So we started with a low price, $47 price point for the course.
0: And what's and, the course? Um,
1: so the course is called Bright Beginnings. That's and so right. it is, yeah, so it's, it's for parents, new parents to help them uh, reach the first six-month milestones for their baby. So different activities and exercise and things they can do with their baby to reach those milestones, like rolling over and crawling and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's what we found in the survey. Lots of parents stress about that. They get, you know, they're quite concerned. So yeah, that's, cool. that's the one we built. Now we're just testing different ways to sell it. We haven't launched it to the full list yet, but yeah, we're testing different ways, like a tripwire offer. Now we're testing it with an email sequence and it's good fun. Nice.
0: And what, do, when you first, have you actually sold any of it yet? Have you sold? We have. Yeah. So okay. we're getting
1: a couple of sales a day. Yeah. Yep.
0: So you did a, a to a portion of the list. You tested it out with them.
1: We're doing it to the new people coming in every day at the gotcha. moment. Yeah. Yeah, so the new people at the moment come in, they go through an email sequence that uh, eventually leads up to a promotion for the course.
0: Nice, and then you'll put it out to all the people who helped you on the survey and they'll just soak it up.
1: Yeah, so now we're going to send to the remainder of the list. Um, We'll start that uh, end of this week and then that's, yeah, that's going to be really exciting.
0: Oh, I should have interviewed you next week, right before I nah, go maternity leave.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, if we have it before the podcast comes out, you can pop it in the description, baby.
0: Yeah, yeah that will be great. I'll let the team know. it be awesome. And yeah. I just think that's so super exciting. You know, it just started from this idea of let's give it a shot. Let's create some really good, valuable material. Let's be smart about yeah. it from the beginning. Let's put out content that people want. Let's keyword SEO it, you know, optimize it. Let's have an opt-in. Really yeah. simple steps of any business you need. You didn't even have a website. Yeah, uh, I think you just had the opt-in, right?
1: That's it. No, yep. like we literally got ConvertKit. I was like, let's choose ConvertKit because they build landing pages as well. Okay. Done. It was literally what's the easiest yes. route we can take here? Yep. Just Get started.
0: Love ConvertKit, and they let you sell digital products now as well. Really simple.
1: Yes. So we're not yeah. using that feature, but yeah, it's yep. there and it looks yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that is amazing. So, what do you think your timeline is for both you and Emma to be living the sort of freedom lifestyle? <laughs> maybe two to three, four hours a day, enjoying yourself, having fun with it. It's all totally related to you being parents as well, right? Like as you're, yeah, it's pretty cool. And they'll be seeing great role models there. So what's the, I don't know, 12 month timeline looking like for you?
1: Yeah. Look, hopefully by the end of the year, we can be doing something like that. You know, I don't want to let go of what I'm doing either because I love who I work with. I love what mm. I do. Um, So I, I'm, Or I'll keep that because that fits into that plan. You know, what do I want to do? Well, I'll keep that side of things with my course and all of that. Um, But, yeah, hopefully by the end of the year, Emma can be kind of focusing maybe only on YouTube. Don't know yet. Um, But, yeah, it'll be great, yeah, and spending more time with the kids and all of that good stuff.
0: And you just have multiple courses you can put out, a membership, as you said, there's just sky's the limit, really, which is what I love about creating online products, courses and memberships as they all work in beautifully with each other,
1: you know and yeah and and we're talking about maybe bringing in other allied health professionals, you know speech mm-hmm. pathologists and physiotherapists and things to do content and maybe even create courses and things, so yeah, as you said, the sky's the limit, it's just yeah. exciting and fun to just be coming up with ideas and experimenting and trying all these new things which is great but it all just started from putting out some content like you know Emma had all this amazing or has all of this amazing knowledge and just putting it out there and you know taking that audience first service first approach and just seeing what comes of it
0: yeah I'm so thrilled for you and it it is sometimes just that easy but it's taking that small leap to do it you know turning on the video camera sitting there It's yeah. a very scary thing for many of us. And uh, as you said, the first one often sucks if I think back to my first blog post or podcast, but it's turning up consistently and taking those small actions and just delivering that is get to where you want to be. And well, now look at it. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Can't wait to start Josh's channel and, and follow some of your tips and do that. And of course, follow your journey and get the course. And what I love and just want to make, you know, mention to the listeners here is that Right now, I'm in the thick of watching these types of videos. Like, I realized that we'd done so much research in the lead up to pregnancy and having a beautiful, natural birth and labor that I said, you know what? We actually haven't looked at what we do when we get the little one home and, and what activities and how, you know, like we've looked in breastfeeding and then, of course, you know, how to get good sleep regular patterns. Um, but I was like, what activities do we do and how do we stimulate their learning? and um, so I've started watching some of those videos about tummy time and activities. But so there's heaps of free stuff out there. But what I love about courses is it amalgamates it into one space and place where you just got one repository where you can go through it with a teacher that you like, which is in this case, Emma, and people are prepared to pay for that. So just again, for people listening going, but isn't it all existing out there? Yeah, probably. But people yeah. will pay for convenience, consolidation, trust, knowledge, and one one sort of point Of reference which they can come back to time and time again
1: well yeah that's such an interesting point and so true so emma says that to me on a regular basis she's like should i do this video or i feel like you know or is that just giving away too much like is that giving away everything that's in the course and you know why would people buy the course it's all out there like literally says that to me and my answer is exactly what you just said it's all there and it's progressive like it's like okay this course is from zero to six months every month you've got something like it follows on, it builds on the the previous month and people can just go in there and it's all in one place. It's all progresses, And we see it on the channel, right? You think because you've got all these videos on the channel, there's tummy time, there's rolling over, there's uh, learning to talk, there's all these things. You think, well, it's all kind of there, but you get comments, you'll get a comment on like a a tummy time video saying, hey, can you give me one on teaching my baby how to roll over? Hmm. People don't, they don't necessarily go and connect and consume all of those pieces of content. Yeah. So like they'll, they'll comment on the tummy time on, have you got, you know, can you create something for rolling over? It's like, well, actually there's one just here, but yeah. they don't connect those dots. So it's often just a case. If you think of that user journey, they might come in and watch video, a get the PDF, uh, get on the email list and eventually get promoted the course. And they, you know, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, totally different.
0: I mean, one of my dear friends, Amy Landino has been doing YouTube for years. And the number of videos that she creates about the same topic (laughs) blows my mind. Like it's always about good morning routines. It's about time blocking on your calendar. It's about healthy habits. And she just cycles through like all the good YouTubers, the same topics that people want to know about all the time. And often you're saying the same thing, but with a slightly different title or a slightly different angle, or you go deep in on one topic. And That's because repetition, repetition, repetition is the key to learning and people would just soak it up.
1: Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a look at how Amy does that because that's uh, that's something that we've been talking about doing as well. Like how can we touch on these topics a second, a third, a fourth time and do it in a different way? So I'll definitely have to have a look at how Amy does that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the basics, I think, of content, right? Like pick your three kind of, I'm always a big fan of three, power of simplicity, I think three main topics you can always talk about, write the subtopics under that and then just keep revisiting those um every single time. And yeah. it's you know, you don't have to make this difficult. You don't have to come up with something brand new and creative every time, unless you're on an inventor channel and that's what people want. But I think even on those channels, which we were talking about before we hit record, people, you know, do come back and they'll try it. Or they'll come back and say, hey, this is what we did last time. This time we're trying a slightly different angle. So or a different material or Yeah, just a different way of doing it. So don't think you have to reinvent the wheel because you really don't.
1: Yeah, and don't think that because somebody else has done it that you can't do it either. Like, you know, we weren't the first video on tummy time. No. You know, we're probably the 500th video on tummy time. But, you know, it it doesn't matter. She
0: has her own unique style and message and people relate to different people and their styles and methods. So, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. I love it. Yeah.
0: This has been so much fun. I really am excited to see the results. I'll make sure that the team posts them in the show notes, which will be, this is episode 137. So you can find that at natalysysm.com forward slash 137. And uh, we'll see if we've got some updates from Andrew in there. Where is the best place for people to find you? Thank you and check out what you've been doing.
1: Yeah, so you can find me at andrewhubbard.co. You can find Emma's website which is will be up by the time this podcast is released so i can share that which is brightestbeginning.com love
0: it. and i love that you and didn't the- have the website like just another thing for people to hear you don't need all the bells and whistles just get started
1: exactly like this was started- is
0: youtube right it's like that is the website in this case yeah
1: youtube's the website this was started you know emma works part-time and the rest of the time she's with the kids at home looking after them like this thing was started on minimal time you know this is about minimal you know how do we get this happening without investing hours and hours and hours and hours so yeah Yeah, definitely it's exciting
0: thank you so much Andrew this has been a blast and I'm really excited for the growth of this platform and all the parents that you're going to impact and change the lives of
1: thanks so much Natalie appreciate it
0: I really hope you enjoyed that episode please come across to nataliecisson.com forward slash 137 or forward slash podcast. You know, you'll always be able to find every single podcast to date there. Um, We've linked to everything in the show notes, including Andrew's site and his business, as well as their YouTube channel and the brightestbeginning.com website. Also, if you really wish to, I highly recommend ConvertKit. You've heard me talk about it on this podcast before. It is my email platform of choice and I freaking love it. So if you're not planning on starting a YouTube channel, but you do want the most basic website and ability for people to opt in and build your email list and sell digital products, then go to nataliesisson.com forward slash convert kit, convert and then kit. And I just know you're going to fall in love with them. Hands down the best email platform I've ever used and have been using for about four and a half years now. And now I want you to go and think about what is it that you can teach? What is it that you love that you could experiment with and create an educational vehicle out of that really does impact thousands of people's lives, but starts from a tiny acorn of an idea that you just have an inkling about. As Andrew said in this episode, he talked to Emma for years about doing this before she finally capitulated and said, let's give it a shot. So what dream are you sitting on? What idea are you sitting on? What acorn of a gem Can you actually start today with one small step so that you can tap into your potential and get paid to be you? I'll leave you to percolate on that.